Hello and welcome to episode number 369 and a half of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the cleaner of Josh's car. And we are on our way back to Phoenix, Arizona after having attended the All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing Announcement Party press conference, if you want to call it that. Uh, joining me first is the man. He is the uh, everybody's favorite rapper, uh, friend, hero, teacher. Uh, he is Megaran. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am in the back seat, chilling. Chilling. And also joining us is the founder and proprietor of thesteelcage.com, Mr. Joshua Schlag. Hey, hope this is safe to be doing while driving. Yes. It wouldn't be the first time, though. Yeah, and as long as you focus on the driving part, I think we'll be the safe. We'll be safe, and we'll be driving. Truth. All right. So we just got back, uh, or we're on our way back from from the uh, Double or Nothing announcement party, and it was pretty outstanding. I think that it uh, exceeded all of our expectations as far as what we were going to get and it met all of our expectations about who we were going to get Uh, but definitely from the standpoint of watching Cody and the Young Bucks and what they've built kind of culminate in the party celebration atmosphere that they had at the MGM Grand it was pretty incredible right I agree it really was Um, I kind of come in with with kind of just like expectations in check and with, with things like this but um, I will say that they definitely exceeded what I thought they would pull off. And uh, it was awesome. And uh, we had a kind of a front row seat for it. And that was, uh, that was really cool. Yeah, that was wild. I mean, we were there as press and it was very cool for us to be invited in that capacity. But uh, they really did. They gave us an outstanding uh, positioning for this we we were we were kind of in disbelief we thought when we were put right basically in front of the uh aew podium that there was no way they were going to let us stay there there was no way that was going to be our view for the entire uh press conference but that was it Uh, according to them there was about 19 media outlets that were a part of it and it didn't even seem like that many but i know that more were doing uh different you know, content, different capacities, so they weren't all huddled right in front of the press conference uh, podium, but man, it was pretty incredible. It was incredible to see their roster kind of fill out that night with the amount of talent that they had show up at this particular event. Um, I mean, from top of the card to the bottom of the card, I felt like there was there was newcomers that are going to make a big name for themselves in AEW, like uh, Sonny, you know, and I think that they're uh, some surprises to me, but they're good surprises. They're, they're, I think they're the exact type of people that should be in AEW, like Chuck and Trent. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's really cool in particular how they're, they're focusing kind of across the board. Like, it, it's not like a, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, the, they made a point, like at one point, talking about uh, you know building like a true tag team division and making tag teams important and that sort of thing. And that's a not so subtle jab at WWE. Um, they're they're like spending time to develop things like that, to develop things like the women's division, which you know prior to uh, this weekend was um, 
uh, Britt Baker and, and Penelope, like, seeing that, like, they're pulling in, like, Japanese talent, uh, some women who I've only kind of heard of a little bit, uh, but I know a lot of people are big fans of, like, it's going to be really cool to uh, both cater to uh, the fans who are already familiar and also introduce a lot of us to new talent. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's a big part with their partnership. We already knew about their partnership with uh, o- OWE, and we saw Shima there, which Shima is a big influence on a lot of these guys' lives. They, yeah. Shima gave a lot of these guys an opportunity in Japan uh, the first time, so it's very cool for them to be turning around and now partnering with uh, with his promotion. But Oriental Wrestling, uh, OWE in, in China is... I didn't know it was that revolutionary. I didn't know that like professional wrestling hasn't really been a thing in China. I mean, they might have oversold it a little bit, but it it's definitely, you know, sounds like there has not been a professional wrestling organization. I have had actually the opportunity to see OWE on my Facebook timeline because one of my buddies from PHX Wrestling, Jack Manley, uh, is over there in kind of like this American hitman kind of role that he plays and uh, I get to see some of the shows that they do and it's it's amazing uh, it's very cool the venues are are different than what we've seen I think I've brought that up before but uh, but the action is amazing I mean you just see some guys doing uh, the lucha stuff uh, with a lot of martial arts influence and and it looks like there's a lot of talent that we've never seen before that could come over that partnership is huge but then you you factor in that they're partnering with AAA, and that was a big part of this press conference, and, and the Lucha Brothers showing up, Pentagon and Phoenix, whooping the shit out of the Young Bucks for no particular reason at all, but it was uh, a big announcement, I think a bigger part of even the individual announcements that they made at this press conference is partnering with AAA. AAA has been dying to partner with an American uh, company, a big American company. They, they kind of successfully did it with Impact for a while, where Impact was featuring their guys in a really like a, a really highlighted way. Like they were they were giving them a big push on the program, and now to see the possibility of some of those people again, Josh, like you said, uh, people that here in the United States we might not have had a chance to see very often, get an opportunity. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting, and I think that's going to be almost a deeper talent pool for them than, like I said, than some of these individual signings. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really I got really excited about the AAA news. I think it like broke right before the conference started, and a lot of big folks were talking about it. And I even saw a lot of buzz around, even where we were standing. A lot of fans that were like directly behind us were like really really excited about that probably a lot more than a lot of moves that I'd heard or even uh, potential like people who might have been there they were just like wow this is really a great look for AEW as well as for AAA so uh, I'm looking forward to the potential matches it it brings. What's weird is doesn't AAA own Lucha Underground or doesn't the same company own AAA the Lucha Underground? Maybe it's maybe it's the same company. Okay. Because, like that. because it's or it's just weird. Cons- yeah. yeah, it's weird because I've heard that before, and it's it would be interesting to see how that impacts some of the unfortunate contract situations that we've seen with Lucha Underground. If 
if the people that are under contract uh, would then be able to possibly come over and wrestle for AEW on a partnership deal, even though they're still under contract by that particular company. It would help because it would be Joey Ryan, it would be Eva Lise, you know, it would be a couple of people that I'm sure that Lucha Underground would want want to sign, you know. Um, we've recently seen the King Cuerno is now starting to enter that same battle with Lucha Underground, and uh, King Cuerno is just too, too much of a stud to be holding back right now during his prime. That reminds me completely of the uh, Ricochet Prince Puma situation, and I just I don't I don't want to see that. It's not good for anybody, and I, I would hope at the very least that if if they are stuck in those contracts, that this could potentially if if it is the same company and it all works out that way, um, it it can at least get them to be performing and getting paid and such because that's another dark side of that contract situation it's not guaranteed money it's just contractually not allowing them to not work for another promotion so it's keeping them from making money is all it's really doing in, in this instance now for for a couple of those people but for a question do you guys do you guys think because i don't think i've really saw too many questions about it but do you feel like an AEW contract or a signing will still allow these guys to go to other promotions and work in another capacity or do you feel like they're in the in the business or of locking down talent like what do you what do you feel like their approach is because i don't know if I've, I've heard too much about it it doesn't it doesn't feel like they're going to lock down talent yeah i mean so like we we did hear some stuff from uh the the press conference that took place afterwards the way they were talking about it it's it's all kind of it sounds like it's it's kind of on a case-by-case basis depends on everyone's individual situation they don't have like a blanket policy um you know, it, I imagine some guys, depending on their situation, may carry a little bit more weight and have a little more freedom compared to some others. But it it, it didn't sound like you know the, I don't know like it it kind of would go against uh, the whole spirit of what they seem to be doing with AEW if they did lock people down and that sort of thing. You know. Now the other thing about it is right now AEW is different from what AEW is potentially going to be. So once AEW could potentially have a television deal, I think that's going to change things substantially. I really feel like the television deals, the rights to people's, you know, characters, toys, merchandise, I feel like that's all honestly what kind of makes wrestling such a sticky business. I think that's what makes it so convoluted. I, I mean, you know, a lot of these things are is if WWE was just a touring company, would they care that some of their guys showed up at some other com- company? No, probably not. But it has more to do with that exclusivity factor. And you do kind of have to have some exclusivity for some of the guys like the Bucks and Cody and and, uh, you know, Kenny. I wouldn't be surprised to not see them elsewhere, but they are keeping themselves open to a working relationship. It seems like even with New Japan, so I wouldn't again be surprised to see those barriers being kind of brought down. Like that was a big part of what they were talking about when they wanted when they were saying they wanted to change the world. They don't just mean it from like we want to do our own thing and damn the man. They mean it from a perspective of why do we have to have it so that we can't use people from other companies on our show and they use people from ours on ours on theirs why not why do we have all of these borders up between us and and whatnot and again 
WWE is is the big dog is really what it comes down to. They make the rules. And when WWE does things a certain way, I feel like other companies follow suit because that's how the that's how the big player in the game is doing it. So that's kind of how everybody needs to do it. I felt like uh, Impact changed that a lot too. I mean, we could talk all day about what these guys are going to do, but <clears throat> Impact was the first one I saw to start making deals with small companies and putting those companies on a map television wise network wise like you know hey here's smash wrestling now here's defy wrestling i mean we've heard of these organizations because we're in the iwc but we are not really people that have visited these places or know what they look like or have even seen you know a a event video of some of these places so to see it on impact is a big deal for these organizations and honestly like it's good for them just even if it just happened a couple of times because it'll put it on the map for that particular company in that town and now everybody knows when they go to you know main there's the there's the main championship wrestling and when they go to Canada you can go see Smash and when you go here to Seattle it's Defy it's really about literally putting them on the map for people letting them know they exist and uh, honestly even helping people in the town that they live in find it I think AEW will do that kind of thing I mean look what they're doing with this guerrilla marketing campaign right now basically where they're just showing up at random small shows and kicking ass and saving Joey Ryan's dick I mean, it's it's brilliant, but they're doing it at a cost to themselves. They're not getting. I doubt they're getting these big paydays from these small companies to show up. You know? Yeah, it's just to promote the brand. You know, it's which a, is exactly. I think um, it's awesome to see because you know something that starts at such a grassroots level, then getting investors to believe in it, and then continuing to do the work is the hard part. You know, it's like what you get the bag as people say it's like it's easy to kind of wrestle your laurels but but no these guys are still working and working the circuit and I think that that's so important just to see their their hunger in it and I also feel like I feel like they enjoy it and they're excited about it so you know that that energy has transferred to the fans and I uh, and we saw it you know firsthand so I really feel like it's this is an exciting thing but I have to ask is this a situation where because we were there right in the midst of it, do we do we get swept up a little bit into the into the moment and the hype that you feel? You feel like this is something that maybe in a few days we'll start sitting back and being like, Well, all right, let's see. Um now they still have to do this and that and I don't know. Or was this like legit hype that you feel will continue to carry on? I mean it's hard to say, but what do you think? Um yeah, I mean, so I, I think it was, uh, it, it started to feel more real just being there as a part of it in the midst of it. And I think it's going to really, really feel real once that first show comes up in May. Um, and just, I don't know, I, I, I do have to admit, like, the atmosphere, the electricity of the fans, like, there were, there were crazy ass fans out there who were waiting in line for hours to get, like, a good spot. And of course, we just go and stand right in front of them. Uh, but hey, it's media, man. But like, it, yeah. I mean, like, it was it was cool to see that. It, it's definitely electric. Um, yeah, I think the things like we were talking about earlier about the TV and stuff. Like, those are the things that are really gonna kind of determine the future of the company. Um, I think it's good that they're they're creating their uh, uh, I, I, their foundation 
uh, essentially the way that they are, you know, with, you know, trying to do everything the right way, quote unquote, um, and they'll, they'll figure out those trickier questions as they go, you know, I think that's a good way to go about it. My impression with this is, I mean, I guess to a degree, you're right. There's, there, there has to be a little bit of the fact that we were there live uh, involved in how excited I am about it. But then on the other side of it, the excitement was from being there because of how impressive it was to be there. We are not talking about guys that paid 500 bucks to rent out the uh, ballroom for uh, the MGM Grand and the MGM Grand accommodated them because they would do that for anybody that paid $500 for uh, them to rent out the MGM Grand. The MGM Grand was proud that All Elite Wrestling was there. They were happy to be promoting the event the way they did. Their, their it, Twitter account was like nothing but All Elite for like a couple days. Ago. Yeah, they were like, can't wait, can't wait for the event and all of this stuff, but also the way that it was set up, the this the, the stage set up, the walkway, where the podium was, the way that they went to such lengths to make that shot of everybody at the podium so magnificent with the skyline of Las Vegas in the background and the MGM Grand Building particularly placed right over their shoulders and everything, all of that after talking to them after the show or, or after the announcement event, they told us and confirmed that was all very meticulously planned they were going to have that stage somewhere else and they decided to put the podium where they did because they knew the shot was going to look a certain way and it did it looked it looked epic it looked big it looked important i mean and mgm grand being behind them like this i mean it just shows the significance this isn't just some guys doing a wrestling show this is like a a big thing i mean this is this is a bigger deal than the, than the any of the new football leagues that are coming out. This is something that is going to change professional wrestling. We have no confirmations on who we're going to see from WWE jump over. All we can say is, based on what we know, that we're not going to substantiate rumors, even though they may have come out of people's mouths directly, it's there's a lot of guys in WWE talking about this. This is a big deal. Once WrestleMania comes and goes, the pro wrestling world is going to be changed by this. Once especially Double or Nothing has come and gone, the pro wrestling world is going to be changed by this. So I don't I don't really know because here listen to the way I'm talking. I'm obviously intoxicated on the cons money right now as we speak, but I'm just saying like it's it's one thing <sighs> financial backing is very important but if you you need to have the right people leading the way you have to have people that have the right vision and are doing it for the right reasons and it's just amazing that this particular group of guys including the bucks including Cody including Kenny have come together in the way that they have with the particular vision and you know the 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 course that they've set forth they, they literally want to change the world, and they believe in that. They believe that they have achieved everything professionally in this sport that they needed and could have done as performers. This is next-level stuff for all of them. I mean, Kenny took, a, Kenny took a shot at Vince McMahon at the radio station when we were listening to them do the interviews right now, right before we left. 
they were being asked about who their childhood favorites were growing up, who, you know, what wrestlers were important to them, who their top three were, and they kind of went with that childhood favorite kind of way. And after Kenny gave his three and Brandy gave her three and Adam Page had given his three, Kenny just needed to stick in. He's like, oh, wait, I forgot one more superstar that I have to put out there as one of my favorites growing up. That's Vince McMahon. What a heel, you know? And like, oh, man, it was just, it's so funny to hear them taking those shots because say what you will, it's, you know, yeah, it's another sports entertainment company. It's another wrestling company. But the way that this is going to come down to is it's going to be war. And AEW isn't impact wrestling. AEW is going to be another WCW for WWE to deal with in, in a in a complimentary way. Yeah, I mean, so like, where the the thing that I that I really like about what they're doing right now is the timing. Um, like the hype around New Japan, honestly, it's died off. Uh, WWE has poached a lot of the top stars from there. And a good handful and of they guys. are. They're yeah. part of the reason why New Japan was so yeah. popular, too. And, and these AEW guys are, you know, they're, they're doing their own thing now, going away from New Japan. Uh, that's not to say New Japan doesn't have any talent. And the same goes for, like, Ring of Honor. Like, Ring of Honor's lost a lot, too. And they still have some, and it's fine. But again, neither of those companies, especially here in the United States, which makes up such a large part of, you know, this, this wrestling industry that we know... Um, like, those companies don't have the same sort of reach. Uh, and, and we talked a lot about Impact throughout this podcast. And, like, honestly, the, even if they're doing cool stuff, even if they started to do things right, Impact doesn't have the reach. Their brand has been kind of sullied over the years. I don't know if there's anything to really save it in the right. long run. But this is something fresh, something new. And it can be, you know, they'll, they'll learn from the good things that those other companies have done. They'll learn from their mistakes as well, hopefully. Uh, they have a they have a big opportunity, and depending on where things go, again the TV rights, like that's the biggest question. But you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm sure. I'm just you know, right now everyone's just got their eyes on May. Yeah, and and we're really speculating, but the fact that the entire crew was in Atlanta, Georgia, during uh, Super Bowl, which happens to be where good old Ted Turner likes to lay his head, we'll see what happens with that. I mean. But a TV deal, I think, would be the biggest thing here. And not just a TV deal with anybody. Because as we've seen, we as a wrestling community will scoff at you if you want to come at some pop network junk or whatever. If you're going to if you're gonna expect to be a player in the game when it comes to like actually taking on WWE, you're going to need to be on TBS, TNT. You're going to need to be on a Viacom network. You're going to need to be on something that's actually... A big network that everybody can get and I think that they're on the precipice of doing that I think we're going to see that very soon uh, more importantly though the announcements when we were there were very exciting uh, the one I obviously alluded to earlier when I said we weren't really surprised was Kenny Omega um, Kenny Omega joining joining AEW I think really is the crown jewel of the company, I think it's it, it was very important. Obviously, it wasn't a surprise, nor was it really a, a a good rumor that he was going to WWE. But it's not a surprise he's staying with AEW. I just think it's a really big deal that he you know is here. He's able to do what he does for this particular company because he's 
he's innovative. He gets people talking, and that's what a company like this needs. Uh, I mean, people that don't even watch wrestling know who Kenny Omega is, and I find that to be amazing, you know, because he's not even a big star in that capacity, pop culture-wise, yeah, for pop people. Yeah, culture-wise, you know? I wouldn't say he's a big star. So when people outside of the wrestling world know about him, it's like, that's big because you think, like, oh, this is a guy, at least from other people's kind of, you know, skeptical point of view, they're like, oh, he's never been on the big stages because it hasn't been a WWE program. But yet the Internet has made such a, you know, rousing fuss about his match quality that it's transcended and gotten outside of the, I guess, the typical Internet realms, which is really cool to hear about. Um, During the interview today that we saw, he had a great answer to folks who were thinking, like, his legacy wouldn't be complete you know, without WWE. And uh, and I thought that was great and well put. He's just like, I don't subscribe to that line of thought. You know, he's like, the things I've done uh, can rival anything, you know? And I, I got to agree as a person who's been to a, a Wrestle Kingdom show and seen the size of that crowd and things he's done in front of that, those rooms, I can say, <laughs> yeah, there's like, this is absolutely on the level or better than what someone could do or has done, you know, on a on a WWE program. So, so props to him for for having that different mindset. Because I remember seeing some some veteran guys saying like, "Oh, well, if you've never driven a Cadillac, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you never know what you, what it's gonna feel like. You know, you That's, gotta do it." It's such a crazy mindset to me because that'd be telling me that like somebody be like telling me like, "Oh, you've never played the bassoon before? Oh man, you ain't lived life till yeah. you ain't lived." You ain't achieved anything in your life until you played the bassoon. Right. I've you know, played, like, I don't give a damn no about sense. playing the bassoon. Get out of here with that. And, like, well, that, and that's, I mean. I've never it's, driven a Cadillac. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It's a car. I'm not a car guy. I'm not going to get this big boner out of driving it. It could be dope. I've driven in really fast cars and not cared about it because it's not something I cared about. But then you should have seen me last night when Mega Rand takes me to his boy's secret arcade place up in the heavens in Las Vegas and we go there and they have this magical pinball machine that you can play like pinball effects two games on but it's like an actual pinball machine it's a long LED screen and it looks like a pin it's the dopest thing I've ever seen that I'm into that if you want to tell me to play that then yes that's something I need in my life right but that's it all comes down to personal preferences and that's that's really what it is for Omega Omega when he talked about that particular line he was talking about like his time in Japan was his goals yeah he loved Japanese wrestling he wanted to go be a big star there he wanted to train under the best and he wanted to live that particular lifestyle I mean it's it's different but it's weird because when you live there and you do it and you achieve those goals you know how big wrestling is for those people in Japan and you've seen those crowds so what I'm going to wrestle in front of a crowd that's a little bigger than the crowd I've already wrestled in front of or what maybe double the size after a certain point it's just a gigantic crowd regardless of how really big it is you know and yeah it's it's crazy because i just can't imagine that still being a thing that you need to do to feel to prove yourself in some way whereas on the flip side you can go be a part of something 
that literally changes the industry. No that one's people, ever done. Yeah, that, like, the, I think, do you want to make history or you want to fall in line? I mean, I think uh, that's really what it comes down right. to. Right, or do you want to have a mid-card feud with Nakamura for the U.S. title for the next two years? And, I mean, not for nothing, we've seen what WWE has done, you know, with guys who've come in a similar situation. And storyline-wise and creatively, when they've had guys come in from Japan and use that as a boasting point, they immediately shoot it down. You know what I mean? Their opposition says, oh, I don't care what you did in some, you know, hall in Japan, you know. And uh, they, they almost use that as a knock, you know, when when a lot of these guys, I remember them saying on the mic, like, oh, you know what we've done in different, you know, in Japan or in different, you know, places. People are like, oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. So you've seen them kind of belittle it. So I just don't know that, you know, that they even respect you know that level of effort that it takes to to compete you know in a japan so uh so yeah I, I mean props to him for doing it and you know who knows what the future holds you know nothing's ever absolutely final and uh i do think that i think before it's all said and done i feel like we'll see kenny omega in a wwe ring but props to him for for buying and betting on you know the future and and on changing wrestling props for that yeah exactly exactly i mean there's so many things that he could have done i mean there's uh, there's just so so many things he could have done to worry about himself you know and i think that this is going to this is going to be different i i don't i don't know if we'll ever see him in a ring i wouldn't be surprised to never see him in a ring but i'm with you in a wwe ring yeah in a wwe ring i wouldn't be surprised to never see him in one because i feel like this is set up for a different level of success than WCW. I don't think we're going to ever see a day where these AEW guys, especially the founders, you know, are, are going to have that tuck their tail between their legs and go work for Vince so that they can have the action figures and the Legends deal thing that we saw out of, like, Sting. I don't think we're going to see that, you know. But, again, I don't know because it's just – it's one of those things where I'm really proud of what they're doing. I mean, when you talk about going back earlier, we brought up Sonny. Um, we didn't really bring up Nyla, but Nyla Rose, the first trans woman in major wrestling. Uh, Sonny being a homosexual black man. And they don't bring this stuff up, though. You know what I mean? Like, there was no patting themselves on the back, which is such a big thing for us when it comes to the history that WWE makes. Do you think for a damn second WWE would have had the first transgender woman be in a ring and not have made the biggest deal on about it, just tooting their own horn so that everybody in the world would know that they had a transgender woman? Because that's all they would have been doing it for. They were they would have been doing it simply for the purpose of of exploiting that they made history yeah. with this, you know, because this is a, a current issue. In America, whereas, you know, people demanded and people people even kind of picked on all elite wrestling because, of course, at first it was like, oh, yeah, look, some billionaire, you know, uh, people from, you know, that, that aren't white get to run a company and the first people that they put in, you know, charge are a bunch of white dudes, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's it is what it is when it comes to that. It's just you got to wait and see what the diversity of the company itself is going to include. And from what we've already seen between the the. Uh, you know, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment being included and what we'll see out of that, the, the type of talent that will be brought in 
that that will feature, you know, a, a rich Asian heritage that will be legitimate people that you know, basically have grown up wanting to be a part of wrestling but not getting a chance and now being a part of it, but then to have you know these these people involved and to be featuring them in the way that they are, I love Sunny. Sunny to me is one of the best wrestlers that uh, the best parts of season four of Lucha Underground. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's great. I I really, man, I, it took me a second to think about it after it was over. I was just like, dude, what did we just watch? You know, to see like just the the amount of diversity and representation on that stage blew me away. I mean, we had Mexican wrestlers, we had uh, a Chinese, uh, you know, like we had so much going on in one press conference and so much representation and, and more so in that hour than in months of WWE programming. So uh, I thought that was really phenomenal. And again, like you make a great point that this wasn't something that was mentioned in a press release that came out for this, that, oh, this is the first trans wrestler. This is, you know, like, no, they didn't didn't do any of that. So I think that it was awesome to just be like, we're gonna pick up people because they're talented and uh, we'll let everybody else figure it out. But I, I really appreciated the the amount of diversity that that was on that stage. Now, Penta and Ray Phoenix coming up, <laughs> cutting promos in Spanish and English. I thought that was awesome. In, like in, in nice ass clothes and shit and, too. <laughs> yeah, in nice clothes, getting physical out there. I was like, oh, this is great. Like I, I thought it was amazing. So they came with the fire, man. It's like they did not stop being who they are. And that's exactly like, that's what Pentagon is. That's why I love Pentagon so much. Pentagon is chaos. Pentagon is like, that's the, like when people ask me who the closest modern day wrestler to Stone Cold Steve Austin is besides Becky Lynch, it's Penta because Penta is that fuck you. I'll do what I want. I'll come in. I'll break everybody's arm. I'll fight 10 dudes at once. And I don't care. And, you know, Lucha Underground did such a good job of putting him over and making him into oh, that, you know, like his his story arc was basically the, the story of the entire show, you know, from start to beginning and where he went. Um, and it's it, it, he's a really he's a really good pickup, man. I mean, it, it's almost a shame to me because I love them being the Lucha Brothers, but it's almost a shame for them to get put into it as a tag team because the thought of like Kenny Omega feuding with Pentagon for the AEW championship makes my right nipple hard right now just talking about it. It's dope. That's dope. I mean, that's that's incredible. And, like, that's the cool thing that someone like Omega brings to it. Omega is the ultimate, you know, fantasy fight machine now. I mean, it's always going to be all these dream matches that we always wanted to see, and they can make them happen constantly. They don't even need to be guys that they have under permanent, you know, uh, permanent contract but I mean think about this we've heard about Nakamura being unhappy imagine if Nakamura goes to AEW and he can go back to being himself versus whatever this character is which I don't even mind I I don't mean to knock Nakamura because I've done it twice in this podcast Um, but it's it's guys like that that I would not be surprised to see heading over to AEW but it's it's it's, going to be shocking I think when we see some of the names oh yeah and it's a matter of how important you know, freedom and expansion of their character is to these guys. You know, a lot of them are like probably making more money than they've ever made. And, you know, so it's it's a matter of whether it's money versus, you know, just happiness and really. 
and uh, and and also it's a a level of fear you got to get over to, to jump on board with something like AEW. I think, you know, to be like, man, let's jump on this new thing and see where it goes. You know, and uh, and I would really, I can't wait. Honestly, it really does get me excited to think about the possibility of guys coming. But um, but yeah, like that's that's a level of like a huge commitment one and just like when you know that you got something that's like mcdonald's you know what i mean it's like do you do you want to take a chance and go to a new place and try the new restaurant that everybody's talking about you know so uh i'm really curious and i do think that a few guys are going to wind up popping up big and you know smaller names and um and yeah i think it's it's going to be really exciting to see i think it's going to be about guys that like you said, want their freedom back, even if it means taking a pay cut, but still making really good guaranteed money, having a company that cares about you, having a company that's going to take care of you health-wise, and not just turn their back on you the minute that they no longer see you as being an athletic commodity. I think that there's a lot of wrestlers that that's going to interest because a lot of these guys still want to live their lives, and they've made really good money, but they can't live their life because they're too busy being a WWE entertainer to really enjoy it. Uh, my, we've talked on this, uh, in this particular road trip that we're on right now, a lot about our buddy Kaz, who recently stepped down from being a, a writer for SmackDown. Um, the recently parted ways with WWE, and he's sent out a lot of tweets that kind of had made have have made me think about working for WWE and how that would be and how some of these guys that do work for WWE see it. Uh, one of his tweets that he sent out that was the most telling that we talked about was when he talked about uh, that he was basically just going to... It was the first time in a long time he didn't have to be somewhere. It's the first time that he wasn't in a rush to be somewhere is what it was. And I think about that a lot because that's what... Uh, these guys are, are, are doing a lot of the time. They're being told when and where they have to be somewhere and it's every minute of their day when they're not getting ready to perform or getting ready to whatever they're they're constantly doing personal appearances they're constantly meeting with people and going to breakfast breakfasts and cutting ribbons at places opening stuff playing flag football at celebrity games with people and like as cool as all that is it's much cooler to you as an individual when you're the one deciding that you want to do it versus someone making you do it. It's like any job. When you're getting made to do stuff, that's just got to get to a point where you want to be back in control of your own life. You would be doing the same stuff potentially. Maybe you're just as busy, but at least when it's you and maybe your wife scheduling your day versus someone from the WWE telling you, um, you got to be at the airport in 15 minutes. We really need you to get there. That kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's gotta be a different feeling. And I can't speak from experience on that, but I can imagine what it's like. And I can, I know how people are. I know how I am. I, I, I'll do anything as long as my wife doesn't demand that I do it. As long as it was my own idea in some way, when she, when she coyfully knows how to just put it in my mind and be like, Hey, Hey, that sink's leaking still. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get over there and fix it. But if she was like, hey, go fix the sink, I'd be like, don't tell me what to do, woman. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. Absolutely. I can speak for that. Being a guy who's you know self-employed and, and basically knowing that my my like pay is directly based on how well I am committed to completing the task. 
without without a manager or someone over my shoulder telling me to do it. So, um, but I also enjoy it. You know, I tell people about my life and all the travels and stuff, and I don't complain. But people are like, "Dude, that's so much. Oh, you got to be so tired." And I'm like, "Not really, because I'm doing it for me." You know, and I know that at the end of the day, it's going to please me and it's going to make my brand, you know, bigger, better, stronger. You know, not necessarily make someone else <laughs> a million dollars. You know, so it feels great to be able to to know that I'm working for a goal that I can clearly see and that I help to create. Uh, you know, so I I get it, and I, I know that if I was working under a boss telling me to, to do these things, and it was the same exact life I live now, I would I'd be less enthusiastic about it. So I, I I totally get it, you know. And it's about it's about visions and you know what your vision is. And I think more guys than even I thought, honestly, are more concerned about that freedom you were talking about. More of the big guys than I even ever would have thought. Because I'd imagine guys are just like, look, man, I get to play fight with my friends and make good money, you know. But some of these guys are like, no, I want people to say I'm the best in the world at this, you know. And uh, and we talk about it a lot. I think that today I, I, I made reference to Kenny being the best in the world. And people are like, well, don't you mean CM Punk, you know. And it's because, you know, as part of his WWE, you know, promo package you know and and persona it was very it was widely repeated to millions of people every week that he was the best in the world so therefore you think about it and you think cm punk so i don't even know what my point is on that but no no you know what i mean but i'm with you on that no it's because it's a weird thing to me to think of somebody being a wrestler knowing knowing what's up kayfabe all that shit right you know like looking at it from an actual perspective of like hey i'm this person that plays this character and blah 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 but then still wanting to prove that you're the best in the world at this yeah that's a weird thing but i think that that's the same thing that you would say about someone that you're like this guy loves basketball so much that he gets up to the to four o'clock in the morning and he won't leave the gym until he makes 200 shots you know you're like that sounds like something a crazy person would do really and he's in d-league and he's playing like that come on man somebody needs to tell him right but then that's the thing is that person is driven differently and there are people that are driven that way when it comes to professional wrestling they want to be considered that they want to make history it's kind of this kind of circles back to Kenny Omega and what he wants out of his legacy. Kenny Omega doesn't want to, I mean, he is known as the best in the world, but that really doesn't seem to matter to him as much as, or at least now, as much as doing this. Because he could go to WWE and he could main event WrestleMania and he could have all of these nurkuses that want to worry about these kind of things declaring him the best in the world. But it seems to him... Like, his or legacy could, is bigger than that, you know? Or he could be, you know, in in a, pre, a kickoff match, you know? So yeah, that too. In a year. So that you too. never know. Which, again, is a big part of the problem here, right? I think there's a lot of guys that feel like they deserve better. And they, they feel like they don't really deserve to get shuffled to the bottom of the deck when WWE decides to bring up, uh, you know, the... the 
ricochets of the world and the Velveteen Dream. Because let me tell you, it's already a crowded house right now on the main roster, and it is going to get so much more crowded when you have the Undisputed Era up there, and you have Velveteen Dream, and you have Aleister Black kicking people in the face, and Gargano and Ciampa running wild and all of that. It's going to be a very crowded situation. I don't know when NXT is going to finally bottom out to a point where it's left looking pretty empty compared to what it is, but I imagine it's only a matter of time before we see all the names I mentioned up on the main roster, and when that happens, is there going to be room for guys who have been here doing it for years that deserve to be there? I mean, there'll still be room for them, but where are they going to be? You know, where's the B team going to factor in when all when there's a bunch of good, you know, team tag teams up there and this and that. Like it's it's weird to think about it, but there there's a good reason why some people would want to leave, I think potentially. I think some stars like, you know, you look like Rusev and we've heard the complaints of Rusev over the year. AEW would make Rusev a top guy and a champion without a problem, you know. Well, let me let me just jump in a little bit on that. Um, Rusev's a great example. Um, is this a situation, though, where they would make him a top guy and people would appreciate it because of what WWE has or hasn't done with him? Or do you think it would just be because of his ability to work at a rate better than what's there? No, it would be, it would, I think it would be his, his whole career history, you know, and... Uh, but I think that Rusev is one of those guys that's a good example of what people don't want AEW to start doing because they don't want it to be this refuge for WWE guys. I can attest to that personally because I didn't want to see Jack Swagger's ass show up in Lucha Underground. And then I still tried to give it a shot, and then they made him such a huge, unstoppable force in Lucha Underground. It was disgusting to me. I hated it, but that's you know kind of what they were going for. I just hated it. I hated him being there because I did not want to see that. It was the exact kind of thing that I didn't want. And, uh, you know, that's what people don't want AEW to turn into is some sort of refuge for WWE castaways. But I don't think it's going to be that as much as it's going to be a place for desirable people WWE wish they would have kept for them to go, you know. I think, you know, AJ Styles is a very rich possibility ending up there. Nakamura very strong as well you know I think there's a lot of names that are going to surprise people when when they show up it's not just those names it's not just going to be when Luke Gallows and and you know Carl Anderson show up it's going to be when when there's other names that have been like WWE household names showing up in the company uh but you know we'll we'll see we'll see what happens going forward I for one am still drunk on the on, on on the double or nothingness that we had last night, it was really just for me. It, it still also had the aspect of like seeing our guys from Reseda, which I still consider the Bucks to be, and seeing like Excalibur work, working for this company and and guys that we knew were talented that should be working for a company like this that should be being given this this kind of platform and stage. So. I, I, I don't know. I think it's really cool. What are your final thoughts kind of on what we saw all together? Um, I agree. I think it's super cool to see guys that, that we know deserved it for a long time, you know, getting a chance to be seen and heard by a company with with dreams of doing, you know, new things in the business with, with capital and backing behind it. So 
uh, just a huge potential for amazing things to happen. And um, I think that's mainly what the biggest feeling that I get coming out of it is just being super hopeful and positive. Like I, like we, I think wrestling fans and wrestling the business needs this to work out because competition will make everybody better for one. And uh, I think this will create hopefully a situation where everyone starts to step their game up. And uh, it's, it's literally one of the best times in recent memory to be a wrestling fan. And uh, I'm absolutely like, 1000% behind that and I think that this is this is so good for the business and the culture of wrestling so yeah I'm excited yeah we uh so we've been doing the steel cage podcast for I don't know like eight years something like that uh especially like that first half of, of up till now like for years like there were many moments where we felt like we we're kind of just slogging through watching the product uh and, and we always talked about, man, if they had some real competition, it'd light a fire under their ass, and we'd, we'd get some better stuff on TV. Well, before that real competition even showed up, they started, like, lighting a fire under their own ass, and it's been a little inconsistent, but, um, you know, when, when they're motivated, we know that WWE can put on a good show. Uh, that said, AEW has established something pretty cool. They have ruffled the feathers of Vince McMahon. Uh, I think it's going to be good for everybody. WWE is going to keep pushing it. AEW is going to rise up. And all the steps they've done so far have been, my opinion, pretty solid. Um, as time goes on, like we, we could end up with some two very viable products here in the United States. And that's good for everybody. The one thing I think about is how much I want to see both companies succeed. Especially when I hear Josh say what he's saying. I really do want WWE to be better, and I, I have not been upset with what they've done. I think that there's been times where it's been terrible, but I think that, again, it's that complacency. It's a lot of factors going into it. I think that it's uh, the that mundane, doing it every week kind of attitude. Right now, it's really easy for AEW to have a hopeful, uh, happy optimistic attitude because the grind of doing it for as many years as WWE has been doing it hasn't really worn them down yet. They're excited because this is all new and fun to them. And I'm, I'm interested to see where we're at one year from now. I'm interested to see how the wrestling world has changed after Double or Nothing has come and gone to see what names pop up, what, what faces potentially showed up at Double or Nothing and debuted. Just what, everything, where everything goes. But I think a year from now will be a big, uh, a, a very big comparison between the two companies and see where they're at. I think that AEW is the best thing for pro wrestling right now. I think pro wrestling needed this more than than uh, more than the guys on AEW needed to do it. I think they're all relatively successful and they all could have continued to have their success on their own now they're doing something that is literally changing it for the future for their friends for people that they respect and admire and for people that have believed in them you know they've been changing the world long before they you know announced all elite wrestling but before it was on a t-shirt before it was on a t-shirt <laughs> right but then at the same time too that attitude, that idea, that spark has always been there. It's always seemed like the Bucks, 
you know, we're, we're doing something different, doing things their way. You know, we talked to them a long time ago. It was one of the first interviews we did with Wrestlers Live, Josh and I. And, you know, it was the Bucks talking to us about super kicking piracy. And it was they were talking about how much, you know, uh, people stealing from other people and not crediting and, you know, putting videos out there and all this stuff was really affecting the business. And, you know, at the time it was a small effect to them. It was probably in some cases helping the Bucks get more bookings than it really was hurting them or, you know, costing them money. But at the same time too, they were trying to do things at that time that was changing the world for their friends, for their uh, co-workers, essentially, to make sure that people weren't missing out on the cut of money that they deserved for being the performers in these matches. Uh, you fast forward to now, and they're still looking out for people. They're still trying to change the industry so that it's better for the performers. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing. I think the impacts that AEW has as far as on the wrestlers themselves is going to be the biggest thing. I think we'll see a change in healthcare and the way that wrestlers are just treated overall. It's it's a damn shame, but I mean, these guys' entire career can be over in one three-minute match that they have in, you know, some no-name town. So, uh, I think the, them getting taken care of is, is a big is a big importance. It's a big factor in them doing this, and uh, you know, I hope that I hope that's one of the things that changes the industry. But I could ramble on for a long time because I'm obviously still drunk on the Young Bucks, uh, and I've, I've loved everything that they did. I, I still can't believe really that we're at this point with AEW, and I can't believe that the announcement party went the way it did. It really did have the feel of a big event, you know. Like I don't know, it reminded me sometimes of like the WCW stuff that would be at like poolside or whatever you know bash at the beach and that felt like the opening pre-show area before we actually went inside for the pay-per-view it definitely had the feel of all of that and i'm excited to see what they do going forward it's going to be uh, a fun ride to be a part of and it's great for professional wrestling at the end of the day i just hope it, it like i said i hope it makes both companies better and i hope it makes both both companies thrive I don't have enough time to watch the amount of content WWE is putting out as it is anyway. So, you know, it really, really comes down to just, you know, whoever wants to get my attention more, uh, I'm, I'm down to crown them the best show. For a long time, I said NXT was the best show, and I don't even feel that's the case anymore. I think SmackDown has taken over as the best show. I credit Daniel Bryan, and I credit uh, Becky E and a lot of the stuff they, the individuals have been doing over there. But, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that, in my opinion, it's I don't really care. I'll I'll call Raw the best show if it actually was the best show, but it never will be. So we'll see. You know, whatever. All right, but uh, uh, as far as being on the road home from. Las Vegas. We thank you guys so much for listening to episode 369 and a half. Uh, you can get us all on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Megaran is at Megaran. It's not Meg Ryan. Uh, you can get uh, Josh, of course, at Schlizag, but of course, all roads lead to at the steel cage uh send us an email if you have any thoughts on AEW. we're going to continue this discussion going forward as we cover it AEW is going to be a big thing on our radar because we think that this is the future of professional wrestling kenny omega being here in the states and being able to be seen more often is a blessing 
to all of us, and we should all thank baby Jesus that the Young Bucks and Cody have brought this into our lives. Uh, as far as the rest of our shows go, you guys know what you can get. We'll have a brand new dates that's literally sitting on my computer right now and all sorts of other good content from the Unfunny Nerd Tangent gang. Uh, but make sure to check out, most importantly, our boys over at the Matt Mania Podcast. Uh, you can get them at Matt Mania Podcast. Matt Mania Podcast, right? On Twitter, yeah. Yeah, on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, make sure to check them out because they are an absolute riot and they are our friends. Uh, so on behalf of everybody in this car, thank you guys again so much for listening. And remember, kids, we're going to change the world. <laughs>